I'm Tristan Reynolds, and welcome to the Ramblers Interview Podcast, where the Rambler staff has fascinating and engaging conversations with members of the transy community. This is a new feature for the Rambler, so I'd like to thank you for listening. And the fact that we're new to podcasts also means we don't have everything quite worked out yet. So it's especially important that, if you like the podcast, you let us know. Share the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or other social media, and get other people to listen in, too. You can also send feedback to the email address rambler at transy.edu. That is R-A-M-B-L-E-R at transy.edu. This week, I interviewed Isaac Batts, the Rambler copy editor and the fine arts editor for The Transylvanian, Transylvania University's literary magazine. We discussed a wide variety of topics, including uh, personal preferred pronouns, growing up agender, and how it feels to come out. I'll be honest, I'm not the most versed in LGBT issues, and I don't understand, personally, a lot of what it's like to, to have those life experiences. And so I, I found this conversation both very intellectually enlightening, uh, but also emotionally powerful. So here it is. So we're here today with Isaac Batts. Isaac, can you introduce yourself for us? Uh, hi, I'm Isaac. I, uh, I'm a sophomore currently. I'm a math major and a creative writing and computer science minor. And I use they, them pronouns. Okay. So, aside from refusing to let pass the oddity of a math major and creative writing minor, <laughs> uh, what we're here to talk about today is that last bit, um, pronouns. I guess the first question is, uh, aren't they and them plural pronouns? Yes, they are. Uh, So there's a lot of people now who, especially people who don't feel like they fit in the gender binary, which is like the concept of gender only being male or female, like you can only be a boy or a girl. A lot of people who don't fit into that will use they, them pronouns because they are the most common gender-neutral pronouns in the English language. So it's, I mean, it's easier for most people to understand the concept of using, like, they to refer to a person as opposed to some of the, I don't want to say weird, but some of the different pronouns that other people can use. Okay. Um, when you say don't fit into the uh, gender binary, what does that mean? Does that mean... Um... Uh, people who are trans, what? Uh, assume for a moment I'm an idiot. It's not a hard <laughs> assumption. Well, so a lot of people who are trans do fit into the gender binary. Okay. They're like a trans man who is someone who was usually assumed female at birth and believes or feels like they are a man rather than a girl or a woman they are still a part of the gender binary because they are still a man. Okay. And so the people who aren't in the gender binary are people who aren't a man or a woman. So people who are agender, which means you don't feel like you have a gender, or people who are somewhere in between man and woman, or like androgynous, where you have bits of both male and female aspects. Um, how does one, 
I, I, I suppose, sort what is uh, what is considered male or, or considered female. How, how would one, uh, presuming they're not, and, and I think this is the right word, um, cisgendered, how would one um, sort of define where they fit, yeah. I suppose, is the question. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem that a lot of trans people themselves have, is you're not really sure where you fit. Uh, Like, society tells us that men are one thing and girls and women are another. Like, men are strong and loud and they take up space and women are soft and quiet and they don't take up space and they like dresses and makeup and stuff like that and men like sports and other things, and a lot of times it's figuring out where you fit into the male and female stereotypes, and it's figuring out how you want other people to look at you and how you want other people to see you that helps, especially with my, and with figuring out my own gender. And, I mean, a lot of other people, too, will talk about how they never really felt right when someone would say ma'am or, like, introduce them, introduce someone, or introduce them to someone as, like, Miss Bats or okay. something like that. Um, so I, I don't think it would be outrageous to say that um, most people don't entirely uh, fit the the stereotype that we think of, of yeah. you know, men drink beer and watch football. Yeah. Uh, so what separates uh, uh, simply not fully conforming mm-hmm. to the stereotype and uh, and sort of making that leap mm-hmm. uh, to to saying I'm um, a gender yeah. or or um, something different? Yeah. Uh, So a lot of that is, like, just your own personal reflections and your own personal feelings on gender. And because not everyone does fit into those stereotypes, but if you can still, uh, like, be comfortable calling yourself a girl or a boy or a man or a woman or whatever you want, that is how it is. Like, you don't have to fit into any specific gender stereotypes in order to be that gender. It's more about how an individual feels and how an individual feels towards a label, usually. Okay. And there are a lot of people who just don't like labels at all, and so they won't. uh, A lot of times there are people who won't label themselves, or there's uh, the label genderqueer, which a lot of people will use to uh, essentially be like, I'm not a boy, but I don't really know what I am, so I'm genderqueer. Okay. Um, so using, uh, uh, I guess, non-standard pronouns uh, is something of, of a conscious choice, yes? Yeah, somewhat. But I, I think it would be wrong to say that the identity itself is a choice also, yes? Somewhat. Okay. I feel like... How you feel in regards to whether you're a boy or a girl or somewhere in between or neither or both isn't a choice, but how you label it, I think, is. Okay. So you could have two people who have chosen the same label who feel completely differently towards their gender, and you can have two people who feel really similarly towards their gender choose two different labels. 
Okay. And choose two different pronouns because pronouns are just like how you feel comfortable with other people like talking about you. Okay. Um that's that's something I'm curious about. I uh, the the way I was raised, mm-hmm. I would never use uh, uh, pronouns of any kind to refer to someone uh, in in a space where they could hear me because that would be rude. I, I would mm-hmm. talk to them. So I, I mean, I suppose I would if I wanted to insult them. But but I guess the the question is, uh, if if you're never around someone, mm-hmm. when that person would use pronouns in reference to you. I guess what kind of what's the point of of having a, uh, a preferred pronoun? Well, it's, it's about like how other people see you. Like the okay. first time, if the first time someone interacts with like the concept of me, if the first time someone is introduced to me is just in a conversation where I'm not there, and someone is using they them pronouns, then it gives. The idea, I guess, that I am not a boy or a girl. It gives the idea that I'm not in the gender binary. Like, if someone were to use he, him pronouns, and if you're just talking about him, then without actually being next to him, if that was someone's first, like, interaction, if that was someone's first, like, introduction to a person, then you would then assume that he was a boy. Okay. And it's... uh, Pronouns, they aren't always, like, your gender, and they aren't your gender. But a lot of times, pronouns are a way to help, like, simplify the idea of gender. Okay. Like, there are... I know a few people who identify as agender, but who are more masculine than feminine, and so they'll use he, him pronouns to to help show and to help uh, reinforce the idea that they are more masculine than feminine. Okay. Um, here's where the Catholic boy gets confused. Um, I... Uh... Using, using the word identify as... Mm-hmm. Uh, I... It, 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 that implies a certain degree of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you can choose what to, to label yourself as, of course. I, I, what, what does it feel like on, on a day-to-day basis? What, what are the feelings uh, that, that would lead uh, you uh, or, or someone else to, to say, well, I, um, I don't feel comfortable identifying as a, a man or mm-hmm. a woman? What is that internal headspace like? It was a really long process. Okay. I I went through a whole lot of my life where I just felt like I didn't fit in. Okay. Where I just felt like no matter who I was with, I wasn't like them. And I mean, a lot of people like feel that way, but like it was it was a little different because it wasn't just I wasn't like them because they liked chocolate ice cream and I liked vanilla ice cream or I wasn't like them because I liked math and they hated math it was because as all right thinking people do (laughs) but it was because I wasn't a girl or I wasn't a boy and everyone that I was talking with and everyone that I was around was a boy or was a girl and I went there were a lot of times where 
my grandmother took me to ballet lessons and my grandmother would take me shopping and buy me dresses and I don't like wearing dresses and I didn't like wearing dresses and I felt really uncomfortable every time I would wear a dress and every time I was put into a feminine role, every time my grandmother would be like, hey, let's do your makeup. I was like, I don't really want to do makeup. I don't like makeup. And... But gender isn't just those, like, stereotypes. And it's more like an internal sense of, like, who you are. Okay. And for me, I never really felt like I was a boy or I was a girl. I never really felt like I fit in with the boys or with the girls. I, uh, it's, it's difficult to explain, but it's, like, it's just like a, personal sense of like who you are and you just sometimes you just don't fit with any of the words that you find okay so for reference how uh how young are we talking in terms of these experiences uh so most of the like the dresses and the ballet was i was like six or seven okay so this is really young yeah i i spent actually a lot of my life it was Uh, I think sophomore year of high school was the first time that I thought, hey, maybe I'm not actually a girl. Up until then, I was just, I just, I thought I was broken. I thought I wasn't like the normal girls at my school, so I'm just not right. I thought that it was just something wrong with me. And in sophomore year, I realized that I wasn't alone. I went online and I found a whole bunch of support groups online for people who were feeling the same kind of way. I got involved in a bunch of LGBT and uh, like representation and support groups online, and they um, mm? uh, just. Again, let's presume I'm an idiot. Uh, what does LGBT stand for? LGBT is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Okay. Um. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but uh, you don't identify as any of those, right? I, I identify as a gender, and because I identify as a gender, it is not my is not the gender that I was assigned at birth. Yes. And so, because of that, I could identify as transgender. Okay. I. A lot of times it's easier to just say I'm transgender than to explain what my actual gender identity is. Okay. So I I like to claim the word even though I don't fit in as a trans man or as a trans woman. Okay. I Just because you're transgender doesn't mean that you have to be in the gender binary. It just means that the your gender does not... 100% match the gender that you were assigned at birth all the time. Okay. Um, back to the support groups. <laughs> okay, so I found a bunch of support groups online, and they helped me realize that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't wrong for feeling the way that I felt. Okay. And they helped, like, uh, solidify, I guess, that, yeah, I wasn't alone in feeling this way. Um, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Woodford County, which is about 20 minutes away. Okay. Um, I'm not super familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Sketch out um, 
What does living in Woodford County look like? There's a whole bunch of small towns. Okay. There's about 10,000 people in the county. There was a, my high school was actually about as big as Transy. Uh, the town that I grew up in has a little under 1,000 people most of the time. Okay. It's, it has a college in it, and so when oh. the college is in session, there's okay. more people than when the college isn't in session. Okay. And uh, so it's a whole bunch of farmland. There's a whole bunch of horse farms. There's one farm that has a camel. It just, like, has a camel. And a bunch of buffalo, too. It's a pretty cool farm, but that's not really what we're talking about. Um, so it, it sounds like it could be um, fairly isolating, mm-hmm. uh, is, is what I'm getting at. So what is it, um, what is it like growing up in that more um, rural environment where, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as a matter of statistics, you could very well be the, the only yeah. one in mm-hmm. Woodford County uh, who feels this way? It is incredibly isolating. I, the first person that I met who was trans, I met my senior year of high school. Okay. And it, like, it just made me feel alone for so much of my life. I didn't realize that there were other people who were like me. I didn't realize that there could be other people like me. I felt alone, and I felt like no one else would ever understand how I feel, and... It's not really a good feeling. <laughs> okay. Um, do you still feel that way? Not as much. Not as okay. much. I, I think that gender is still an incredibly personal thing, and very likely no one will ever feel the same way about their gender as I feel towards mine. But I realize that there are people who feel similarly, and there are a lot of other people who have been through a lot of the same experiences that I have, and a lot of, a lot of similar experiences as well. Um. Was there uh, was there an experience or, or um, a set of experiences that sort of uh, led you to that realization? Um, most of it was like online support groups and talking to other people and having other people go, oh my God, I feel the same way. I've had that happen to me. I There was a book that I found in actually the local library, uh, I think it was my senior year, and it was about transgender teens and people who had to deal with these same kind of experiences, these same experiences of, like, growing up in a really small rural town that's mostly conservative, that doesn't really, like, teach you anything about gender, and them thinking that they were alone and then realizing that, hey, I'm not alone. And I actually I actually used that book to come out to my roommate and to my best friends at the time. Not your roommate then, but your roommate now. My roommate okay. now, yeah. So... Sophomore year high school, you, you start to um, put words to it internally. Yeah. Uh, did you start uh, identifying yourself that way then? or? Uh, so it was around then, and I actually, originally, I started identifying as a trans man. Okay. I felt like I was, I still feel like I'm more masculine than feminine. Okay. And so I felt because I was more masculine, I had to identify as a trans man. I came out to my high school my senior year, uh, and it was actually just before fall break. And so I came out to all of my teachers, and when we got back, they were all going to call me Isaac, and it was going to be great. And everyone was using he, him pronouns for me. And then 
after two or three months, I realized that that wasn't me either. Okay. That I wasn't the person, I wasn't the girl that I was born as, and I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't like the she, her pronouns, yeah. and then I realized shortly after I came out as a trans man that I didn't like the he, him pronouns either. And it was a little after that that I was like, you know, let's try they, them. And they fit. They make me happy. Okay. Um, what was it like to come out? Mm-hmm. I actually have had really supportive times coming out. I came out to my parents uh, the summer before senior year of high school. So they knew before. Mm -hmm. Before I came out at school. And when I came out to them, I I had actually called my best friend and had her come over and hold my hand because I was really, really scared and I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I told them that I wasn't a girl and that I was more a boy and that I wanted to go by Isaac and I wanted he, him pronouns. And they were like, all right, that's good. They were like, all right, we, well, they told me they knew that I was trans or that I wasn't a girl. They told me, yeah, they told me that I, well, I had written a paper about legal rights for trans people in my junior English class. And they told me that that paper wasn't the first sign that they had that I was trans. And I was like, all right. It wasn't really the first sign that I had that I was trans either. So that's cool. And then I came out to all my teachers, and they were all really supportive as well. They all asked me what I wanted and how they could help make me feel more comfortable. Okay. I... The one thing that wasn't very uh, good about my high school is that it only had male and female bathrooms. Okay. There, there weren't any gender-neutral bathrooms, and that made me uncomfortable because I didn't, I hadn't started to transition at that time, so I wasn't comfortable in the men's room, and I wasn't a girl, so I wasn't comfortable in the women's room. Okay. And so it was just a really awkward time, and like I didn't use the bathroom for the last like two years of high school at the high school. And, it was just not a fun time, but um, that fourteen things I want to touch on there. Uh, <laughs> but um, so fairly small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a very tiny Catholic high school. We had um, lots of overlap between the teachers from year to year. Was that mm-hmm. true for you as well? Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, what I'm getting at is, uh, did did uh, your teachers have? Um, some pre-existing relationship with you. Yes, almost all of them did. Okay. Um, is it different to um, to come out to somebody who, who has known you for a while uh, than, than to um, sort of introduce yourself as out? Yes, okay. definitely. I When you're coming out, it's really scary, especially if you don't know the person very well. Okay. Or if you aren't, if you don't know how they feel about trans people, or if you don't know how they feel about LGBT rights, it's really scary because you're like, oh my god, maybe they're gonna punch me in the face and tell me they never want to talk to me again, but maybe they'll be okay. And you can rehearse that. 
and you can rehearse what you're going to say and you can be like, all right, I'm going to do this if they do that and I'm going to do this if they do this. And when you're introducing yourself to someone, it's really scary as well, especially for me because I have like social anxiety and like introducing myself to people is really weird, especially when I've spent so much of my life introducing myself as a girl and introducing myself under a different name Coming here and having to introduce myself as Isaac, it was a big change. And originally, I, about half the time, I would try and say my birth name before I was like, nope, that's not me. I'm Isaac. Okay. Um, going into um, um, making the decision to come out at, uh, mm-hmm. in high school, did you have a... Um, do you have a fair idea of how everyone was going to react or how how unknown was it? It, with the exception of a few friends and maybe one or two teachers, I didn't know how anyone was going to react. Okay. I I knew that my psychology teacher would be, prof- would be uh, supportive because we've talked about trans people in our classes and in our psychology class, and she didn't make it feel like a disease. She made trans people feel like actual people. And that was one of the things that helped me to come out to all of my teachers. Okay. I, my friends and I, we would talk all the time about, like, LGBT rights because all of the, because of all of the, like, marriage laws and stuff that were happening at the time. At the time. It was, like, a year ago. But... All the stuff that was going on. Around the time of the Supreme Court cases. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, it was... I knew how a few people would react, and I knew that most people would probably be supportive just because of the times that are changing, and most... A lot of people now are supportive. Okay. But I... I didn't know if anyone wouldn't be supportive, and that was really scary. I had one of my math teachers who scares the living hell out of everybody in that high school. And he was actually the first one that I came out to. Okay. Because, I mean, he was my math teacher, and so I liked him because he was a math teacher. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loser and I like math, but oh. it's fine. And so it was really scary because he was a scary guy, and I didn't know how he was going to react at all. But he turned out to be really supportive, and he asked me, like, about my journey and how I came to, like, realize that I was trans, and, like, it's... Overall, I got a really, like, warm feeling from the high school after I came out. Okay. From almost everyone. Um, was it important that you, um, you had an idea or thought you had an idea... Uh, that that some people would be supportive. Uh, would you have come out if if you hadn't felt that way? I don't think I would have. Okay. I. Everyone needs a support group. Everyone needs people who they can talk to, and everyone needs someone that they will know like has their back in any situation. And if I didn't have that through all of my friends and through my parents, who I had already come out to. If I didn't have that, I don't think I could have come out. I don't think I was in the right mental capacity to come out if there weren't 
people who I already had on my side. Okay. Um. So, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said Woodford County is about yeah. twenty minutes. Okay. It depends. Yeah. So I, I guess the point is it's fairly close to Transy. Mm-hmm. It, was that a um, was that a factor in choosing to come here that you still could have a, a somewhat proximate support group? Kind of, but honestly, most of me choosing Transy was it was the best school that I was accepted to. Okay. I, I I applied to two or three other schools who were intentionally very trans friendly, who okay. had trans like the only gender segregated areas on campus were trans friendly spaces. They um, had when you when you say trans friendly, what does that mean? That means like you're not going to discriminate against a trans woman using the bathroom in the woman's restroom if she's more comfortable in the women's restroom. It means, like, you aren't going to kick someone out of a male-identified space because they were assumed female at birth. Um, I... So so aside from, you know, legal and political stuff, passing laws and so forth, um, I I take it that it's not assumed that that most spaces are are trans-friendly then. Yeah. Especially, uh... Especially, like, in smaller towns and in uh, rural areas, especially a lot. There, I still, I still don't go into gendered restrooms because I don't know how people are going to act. I, and even if a space is designated trans-friendly, there very well could be someone in that space who isn't trans-friendly. Okay. So most trans people are always incredibly careful about where they go, and how they present themselves in any space. That seems like it has to take some kind of psychological toll on people. Um, What is that like? It's really hard. (laughs) Uh, Like, having to... Especially before I came out, I felt like I had to kind of create a character every day when I was getting dressed. I had to think, how would a typical girl do this? And I had to do that, even though it wasn't me and it wasn't what I wanted to do and it wasn't right. Like, it didn't feel good. And a lot of people, a lot of trans people will, like, describe before they came out as, like, putting on a show. Kind of. Okay. Like, you have to act, especially in rural conservative areas, you have to act like you are cisgender, even if you aren't. You okay. have to. Mm. Um, so when you're going into a, a, a new space, mm-hmm. talk me through how you, how you, um, how you case it, I guess. How do you, how do you evaluate what, um, what is safe to do and what is not. Okay. Uh, a lot of times it depends on the people. Okay. If, okay, this is going to sound like really offensive, but if I notice a bunch of people wearing... <laughs> to what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> if I notice a bunch of people wearing the, the Make America Great Trump hats, I'm not going to tell them that, my pronoun, that I use they, them pronouns. Okay. 
If I see a bunch of people in a Bernie t-shirt, or if I see someone in a Bernie t-shirt, or a bunch of people with, like, Hillary stickers on their car before I go into places, I'm much more willing and open to uh, to actually talk about my experiences and to actually, uh, like, tell people that I use they-them pronouns because those political candidates, uh, because Bernie and Hillary support trans people and the LGBT movement as a whole. But... Okay. A lot of it does depend on the people, and a lot of it, especially if there are people of power in those spaces, like if there are professors who I know are uh, trans-friendly and who, like, have supported me in the past, then I'm much more open and much more uh, willing to, like, be myself. Okay. If I don't know anyone in a space, very often I don't talk about gender and I won't talk about gender and I won't talk about my own gender and I will usually let people assume whatever they assume about me okay. even though it makes me uncomfortable. Um, would I be right in saying that, that gender is, is uh, a core part of your identity? Yeah. So uh, it sounds like it would be very difficult not to talk about that in a space. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you deal with that? Uh, so it it kind of depends on the space that I'm in. Okay. Uh, so I go to a lot of poetry readings, and a lot of my poems are about gender identity and are about, like, how does someone who is LGBT, et cetera, fit into a space? And in those... I do talk about gender. Okay. And I have other poems that don't mention gender at all. I have, like, love poems and stuff like that. And if I'm in a very new space, I'll usually read those before I read any of the, like, gender poems. Okay. But it is, it's hard not to, like, talk about that part of myself, especially on things that are, like, centered around me. Like, in, uh, like, interviews and, like, ad- admissions interviews and stuff like that. It's really hard not to talk about that part of me because it's impacted so much of how I live my life and how, like, how I experienced so much of my life. Have you ever been somewhere where you felt physically unsafe because of it? Yes. However, at the time, I had a whole bunch of people who made me feel very comfortable and who I knew supported me no matter what. And so they made me feel like it was okay. They, uh, Those people helped me get out of that space as quickly as I could. Okay. Taking everything you just said into account, do you think it would have been easier um, not to come out or, or not to identify the way you do? A lot of times I've thought that it would be way easier if I just didn't come out. Okay. I... There have been a lot of times, especially around my grandparents, who don't really understand and who don't respect my pronouns, where I think that sometimes maybe they forgot that I came out, or maybe they're just repressing it because they don't want to deal with like the possibility of having a trans grandchild. And in those cases especially, I feel like I maybe shouldn't have come out. I feel like it would have made our relationships better because of it if I didn't come out, because coming out has put a strain on our relationships. There are a lot of people that 
when I'm introduced to them, I won't come out. I won't tell them a thing. There are some people who I know who only know me through people who knew me before I transitioned, before I came out, who I still introduce myself to them as my birth name because I know that if those people talked about me, it was using my birth name. So acknowledging that, um, why did you come out then? Okay. Uh, so it's a, a really like personal decision on whether or not to come out. I, for me, I just, I couldn't stand having everyone tell me I was a girl all the time. I went through two or three years where I knew I wasn't a girl, but nobody else did. And that was, like, really, really difficult. I was so tired all the time because nobody knew who I was. I felt like I was alone, and I didn't... I had friends, but I felt like they didn't... They weren't my my friends. I felt like they were the person who I was pretending to be. I thought they were her friends. And it just... It wasn't a life that I wanted to live anymore. I didn't want to have to go through each day pretending to be someone I'm not. Okay. Isaac Batts, everybody. Thank you for listening. Since this is a new format for The Rambler, I'd like to take a little time to talk to you about it at the end of this podcast. We'll have a new interview podcast out each Monday that you can listen to at transyrambler.com. Our topics will cover just about anything you can think of that affects the transy community. If you have suggestions for either people to interview or topics for us to cover, you can email them to rambler at transy.edu with the subject line podcast. If you're a musician and would like to have your music featured on the podcast, email us at rambler at transy.edu with the subject line podcast music. And if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, contact us at rambler at transy.edu using the subject line sponsor. The preceding podcast was a production of Rambler Media. Our editor-in-chief is Megan Graft. Our managing editor is Madison Crater. Our creative director is Tyler Leggett. Our head producer is Brandon Trapp. And I'm Tristan Reynolds. Thank you for listening.